Hey guys, it's Carly. And Alana. Was that more normal this time? Yeah. I feel like last podcast I started our intro and she was like, that sounds weird. So trying this again. <laughs> Welcome to Life in Progress. You don't want to say anything? Welcome. You want me to keep going? <laughs> okay. I'm still, I'm just baffled by our little Zoom device here. It literally just went to like low battery and I was like, oh no, we're on low battery. And then it went back up. Oh, so now we're good? I guess. All right, guys. Well, if we just stop recording, you know why? <laughs> we're going to have to go out and get some some more batteries. But Some more batteries, some more sweatshirts. Yep. Yep. Some more sweatshirts. We, we each packed like four sweatshirts for this because we knew we were going to do a lot of recording. And obviously, as you guys know, we basically record in leggings and sweatshirts. Yep. And um, batch record. And lot. batch record. And it is like... 50 degrees in our hotel room and we don't know why we keep turning it's set to 80 at the moment yeah and it's stuck really really low and the fan won't stay off and we're so cold and we've gone through all of our sweatshirts already so now we just keep switching sweatshirts if you guys see us in the same sweatshirts you you know why we just don't have endless sweatshirts so we'd love to we'd love to send but us we also have nowhere to put them so. no don't send us sweatshirts but actually. do yeah we'll still take them um okay what's in progress for you today <laughs> What's in progress for me is trying to get Carly to stick to her word on telling the arrest story. We went out to dinner last night after she first told me that she had been arrested. And I was like, wait, what the fuck? And I'm like, tell me. And she's like, no, I'll I'll tell you on the podcast, maybe. And I'm like, you're not going to tell me now. Like, we have this whole dinner. Like, this is all I want to know. You're just staring at each other. So I'm still trying to get Carly to tell me this arrest story. Okay, I'm just going to have to make sure my parents don't listen to this because, yes, they know the story. They were definitely there, but I think they're still mad about it and may have some PTSD hearing me talk about it again. But anyway, in high school, I think it was my freshman year of high school, the the group of friends I was in wasn't like – the innocent kids on the block they were more the let's drink early let's go out let's party and me I was the little innocent girl and was scared of everything and did they want to corrupt you because of that I think so yeah yeah I think so but anyway so they were all going through this phase of shoplifting and we would go to the mall and I would never be involved because that is not me. That is scary. I would never be involved, but I would always just see them take things. What would they take? Everything. Everything you could think of. Like five-finger discount. Yeah, like literally everything you could think of. But then what would happen afterwards is after the mall, we would all go back to someone's house and they would like compare what they all got. And it would oh become God. this like thing where it was like a competition and like you were cool if you got more stuff. And they were just like, Empty, I have the vision of them emptying out their bags of all of this stuff. And I would just sit there like, oh, my God. And I'm freaking out. Yeah. No, it was crazy. And naturally, I felt so left out <laughs> because they like, – What was their reason for it? I don't know. I don't know if it was like a high for them or just like seeing what they can get away with. or I don't know what it was. Like I really – it's not like back then we were, you know – like, we were still using our parents' money to right. buy things, and it's not what like... What a time. What a time. What a time. <laughs> yeah, that was so nice. So it's it's not like they were trying to get things because they needed it. They weren't, like, poor and needed, you know, yeah. to steal sunglasses because, I don't know, they're going to go blind if not. Like, they, right. they didn't need this stuff. They I really think it gave them a high, and they were all doing it, 
so they all just kind of each time we went to the mall joined in and one time we went to the mall and I just felt so left out and I already had felt left out of this group in many different ways just because that's my whole life obviously and I was such a people pleaser like needed to make everyone happy at all times. Carly people pleased her way into shoplifting. Yeah I did okay. I people please my way into getting fucking arrested. So naturally, no one ever got in trouble. No one. Okay. None of them ever got in trouble and they would steal expensive stuff. I oh walked God. in to, I think it was PacSun and I think I took a pair. They were all doing it. Okay. They were all just like doing it. I was watching and they were just like, do it. Like, like, why are you so scared? Like, it was a typical like peer pressure situation and I can't believe I fell into it. But I took a pair of sunglasses from PacSun and then we went to JCPenney and they were like, it's so easy. Like you can literally just take things and and no one's like checking in the like fitting rooms. Okay, well, I'm dumb and didn't like realize that there's cameras everywhere, not in the fitting room, whatever. So So you'd already stolen the PacSun sunglasses. I had the PacSun sunglasses, never forget. And we walk into JCPenney and they were taking a bunch of things and they were just like, I just remember someone being like, seriously, like you literally just got sunglasses. And I was like, yeah, like whatever. So they're like, it's so easy. They were shaming you. Yeah, no, I was for for only getting sunglasses. Yes. For only shoplifting sunglasses. Like I was the goody two shoes that only took sunglasses. Oh my God. So then I just, I don't even know what I grabbed and I don't even know if I cared about what I grabbed. I grabbed like a stupid play necklace, like not like a, like a, you know, jewelry yeah. necklace um was a costume necklace yeah. so nothing like of importance probably was like 15 20 dollars like who knows and just like a bunch of random other things and went into the fitting room took it all and obviously did not come out with it and so then we're in a different store i don't remember what store and by the way their bags are filled filled okay filled and i have probably a couple necklaces or and sunglasses and that's probably it all of a sudden we're in this other store and i'm standing by myself and they're like not there and like they're in the other part of the store and a cop comes up to me and goes i need to check your bag and right there and then my heart oh my god literally i'm so upset for you no 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 no. i don't think you understand i (laughs) it was the worst your life flashed before your eyes i think it was one of the worst moments of my childhood I mean, it probably was the worst moment of my childhood. And all of a sudden, they are gone. All of those friends that peer pressured me, they left. They hurried out of that mall so quick. So they took me down to this. Sorry, this is so long. They took me down to this random room in the mall um, and opened up my bag and saw whatever there were things and the value was not a lot of this these items but I guess the cop was on one and was like we gotta show this kid you know teach her a lesson lesson, yeah yeah. so they put me in handcuffs my god literally in handcuffs they put me into a cop car (laughs) drive me down to the police station and the cop driving is like like what like what where do you live what do your parents do and I remember being like my dad's a lawyer and (laughs) (laughs) I remember him saying like your dad's a lawyer and you (laughs) you're literally breaking the law and then he's like if your dad's a lawyer why do you need to steal like like he was like making me feel so bad about it and 
I was so stressed. He's like, you know, we're going to call your dad. And I was like, please call my mom. Like, <laughs> Anyone but my dad. Anyone but my dad. Like, I beg you, like, please call my mom. Um, I don't need to talk to my lawyer. I, I refuse. Do, I do not need my lawyer involved. <laughs> but, of course, I did need him because he was able to – I was put in this little white room, okay, hysterically crying, and naturally they called my dad and my mom, and my dad, being a lawyer, obviously in the area, knew the people, and were like, this cannot go on her record. (laughs) It's nice that they put you into a little white room instead of, like, behind bars. Oh my god, imagine. No, they, I think they felt bad enough that they put me in handcuffs and in a cop car. Was it just, like, in a little, like, office, like, conference room? Yeah. Okay, it wasn't, like, a little cell with a toilet. No, 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 it was, like, a little, it was, like, a little room. (laughs) I'm trying to imagine, like, 13, 14-year-old car. (laughs) And I'm just hysterical. I I have not stopped crying. I'm hysterical. Hysterical. My dad, I I can't even discuss the rest because I'm just, it brings me back. All I know is then when I was applying for colleges, there was always that box. Yeah, have you ever been arrested? Have you ever been convicted of a felony? And I would be doing my applications with my mom because she was just helping me and it would just be so awkward. But I obviously said no because we got it off my record. Like it was no trace of it. That was the story of how I got arrested. That was worth the hype. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Wow. It was terrible. Wait, but I have so many follow-up questions. Oh, God. Okay. We're not even going to get to our episode. That's okay. Okay. <laughs> That's fine. This can all be Carly's arrest story episode. Oy. My favorite one yet. Oy. What? Okay. How, were you able to like walk in that mall ever again? So I was banned. Really? <laughs> <laughs> and you were going to leave that out of the story? I forgot. I was banned. So that was my like punishment is I was banned from the Montgomery Mall for two years so for the next two years I couldn't go and this was the only mall around us okay so I couldn't go into the mall for two years because I'm like they probably have my face everywhere in reality like who's looking for me in the mall like who's gonna remember me did you go back eventually after the two years yeah I did was it scary yeah it was (laughs) it was scary what happened after the fact do you remember when you talked to your friends again oh my god so me being me, I'm like making sure no one's mad that at me. Yes. <laughs> like I'm, like God forbid you getting caught and arrested risked their operation of stealing God hundreds of dollars of stuff forbid. every weekend. I literally, as soon as I got home, I like my parents like I think they took my phone away, they took something that I got on my computer to aim and I was like hello like is anybody there i was trying to like talk to people like making sure no one's mad at me like the fuck is wrong with me mad at me they just you should be curious they just got me arrested and left yeah so anyway no i was still the same person but (laughs) did your parents when they asked you about it like what was that conversation like? Sorry, I'm so invested in this story. Um, honestly, I blacked out most of it. Like I can't yeah. really remember. I all I remember is like I'm hysterically crying in this little white room and my dad comes in and he's just like, "Let's go home." And and the the car ride home was literally terrible. And I know they hid it from my brother and sister for a while. Really? Yeah, like I know they didn't like know about it for a minute. Um, it was so bad. It was so bad. I'm literally getting stressed out talking about it. Did sorry, I have more <laughs> questions. Did, why? Why am I so so interested in my did, childhood? Did they like further punish you, or were they like Carly's been punished enough? Let's go easy on her. Um, I think so. They were never the grounding type, so I've never been grounded. Mm-hmm. But what was really uncomfortable is the next day we were supposed to go to Florida for the first time to see our new house and I was bringing my 
high school boyfriend. Oh my god. And it was just like such an awkward. Obviously, he knew about it, but it was yeah. just like, such an awkward like trip. And I knew I had just done this, and I was in so much trouble. But we had to go to Florida and and like be happy, be happy, and yeah, oh. yeah. I don't really. I honestly don't remember what else they said. I really don't. I know I was. I think in their minds it's like okay she literally was in handcuffs and like yeah she's probably mortified mortified and scarred and yeah yeah. wow Mm -hmm. thank you you okay thank you yeah i'm good curly's in progress these were terrible friends by the way i'm sure they're great people now but they were not good friends they also one time like broke into my house when we were gone in florida because they like knew the garage code what'd they do like went in the hot tub and like My parents, my parents won't ever let me live that down. How'd you find out? Because our garage, co- my parents saw that our garage alarm was being turned on and off. Oh my god! So I can't even. I had a bad. <laughs> I wasn't in with the right crew at the no. time. They're listening to this. Like I'm sure. Like I know you're probably amazing now, but they're like, probably cracking up. Back back then, you guys weren't so great. Let me tell you. I hope this does get back to them. It probably will. They follow me on social. And I have so many more questions for them about their shoplifting experiences. So if they, they <laughs> Harley's former high school friends, if you want to be our first guest, we will make that happen. Oh, imagine. Oh, my God. Anywho. Do we even like how far in are we? Do we have time fun. for this? We can do it. OK. OK. So I'm talked out. Can you talk for a second? Yeah, switching gears that we wanted to talk about. Um, this concept of like how to be set upable. Obviously, Carly and I have been doing matchmaking, and so many of you, probably every single person listening, if you're not in a relationship, you're in our database and you've been reaching out about matchmaking. And we wanted to kind of give you guys an update on that and talk a little bit about how that's been going and some of our strengths and weaknesses and challenges and excitingness with it. Yeah. And we also wanted to just give some general tips for how to be more set upable, whether it's you're coming to us for matchmaking or you're asking your friends, your family members, your coworkers, if they have someone to set you up with. Obviously, like we know everyone is feeling dating app fatigue right now. And so we want to give you more ways to meet people, but we want to make sure you're going about it in the right way because we yeah. see a lot of not issues, but people aren't necessarily doing themselves properly, like helping their case when trying to get set up. Yeah, I agree. So I think let's first talk about how our, our matchmaking yeah. is going. Um, yeah. We didn't expect to get so many responses as we did. I mean, our database is over 5,000 people. And again, the database was free to join. And to remind you, if you did join the database, on there we had a question of, if you're interested in being a priority setup, check this off and, you know, you'll be put on a waiting list. And as soon as we're ready for you and we have people to set you up with, we'll take you off the waiting list and go through the process. Obviously, Alana and I are not business people per se. And we did not realize how much time and effort it really, really takes to set someone up. We're not just taking you off the wait list and being like, here are three people Go like here's your setup. Yeah. Go talk to them. We are taking you off the waitlist, getting on an hour FaceTime slash Zoom call with you, learning everything there is to know about you, your relationship history, what you like and don't like, your type. Literally, we're having a full-on therapy session with you. And then from there, Alana and I spent hours on hours on hours manually going through the database. Manually going through this database and trying to find people to send to you. And Again, we're not really just 
sending like a picture and being like, like hey. oh, this person's in your age preferences and religion and location. So like they're a match. No, we're actually listening to the things that you have said haven't worked out in the past and what you value and what you want in your future. And we're trying to find people who match that, who we think you'd actually get along with personality wise, values wise, morals, goals, mm-hmm. all of that. And then we're seeing also, oh, and they fit their preferences yeah. in terms of height and yeah, religion and political preferences and all that. Yeah, something – so we to walk you through kind of how the process works because I know we've been asked that. So you'll sign up for the free database or the priority wait list. We will take someone off the priority wait list. We'll reach out. We're do, we'll do a call. Then we go to our Excel database. Alana and I are very lucky that one of Jason's best friends is an Excel wizard – and he kind of made this whole, I don't, I don't even know what it's called. It's not an algorithm. It's just like no. a, a code. It's an Excel code that we can basically put someone's name into the box. And it will formulate every single person that fits the preferences that you filled out on the database. Which could be hundreds because the it's it's broad. From there, Alana and I will go through and manually, again, look at every single section. What did their friends say about them? What are their hobbies? What do they like to do? And then we deal breakers. Deal breakers. And then we take it a step further and go out to those people and find out more information. So again, this process is not just, oh, here are a couple people we think you could be a good fit with. Yeah. And so we're getting so many messages on messages of, I filled out your database. I haven't heard from you. Well, we would love nothing more than to set every single one of you 5,000 people up. But I hope you guys can understand how much time and effort we're putting into each setup. And it's so intentional. And the whole point is for us not to make an algorithm. Yeah. So many people have come to us and like, oh, why don't you just make an algorithm so you can get to more people? Well, that's exactly what everybody doesn't want. Yeah. You guys want human connection. You want to work with us because you trust us and trust our judgment and are sick of algorithms and apps and swiping and just looking at pictures. And so that's why we put so much time and effort and care into it because we see you as more than a profile and more than a picture and Mm -hmm. some prompts. You guys are actual, wonderful, dynamic individuals and we want to be setting you up with people who would be an actual fit for you based on more than just numbers or data. Yeah. And then there's so many friends of friends or friends that reach out to us and you know are like set us up and it's like well this does take so much time and effort and we have to prioritize the people that are willing to pay us for this time and effort which is not a lot let me just say like matchmakers cost the how is it like twenty thousand dollars or like five to ten thousand dollars and ours is like a hundred and eighty dollars to be set up with three people and we're doing way more than just setting people up. We are literally their unbiased best friend. We are there from beginning to end through every setup. We get on a call with them after the dates and want to know all the feedback. So we didn't set this up business friendly for us. <laughs> I'll say that. Um, so we have a lot to work on in that sense, but we do know that this is our passion and we love doing it. And we have had successful setups and we've made really good connections with so many people. And now those people that we work with, they are always in the back of our minds. Even if we set them up three times and we did, you know, the quote unquote scope of work, if they didn't find anyone, like they are always in the back of our minds and we will yeah. always look out for them and set them up. But we are trying to figure out the best way to do it because it needs to make sense for us as well. Yeah. It's a struggle because it, it sucks because we really do love it. Like we, all we want is to help people find love. And this is one way that we're able to do that. But 
it is tough. It is. It takes a lot. It's not easy. Mm-mm. I think it's also we've run into, of course, like people are picky. Yeah. <laughs> and people have preferences in terms of attractiveness. And it's really difficult. Matchmaking is really fucking really hard. hard. It's, it's really hard. hard. We love it, but it's really hard. Yeah. And it takes a lot of time and energy yeah. out of us to do it, especially we're basically doing it as like a passion project because yeah. we're really not making money. Everything we do. <laughs> we don't have jobs. We just have passion projects. It's our biggest flaw, honestly. Like it's, we're so bad. It's truly it's our so biggest bad. flaw because we just want to make people happy and we yeah. want to do like, ugh. but like we should probably be charging more. Anyway, so if you signed up for our database and, you know, if you are still single and you're wondering why you haven't heard from us, that is why. why. Like this is this is not an easy thing. We are trying to figure out what else can we do yeah. because we can't get to every single one of you. And if you have suggestions, let us know. Like we have this network. We have the people. We do want to eventually throw events in a couple of the cities and we are thinking about starting, you know, maybe it's like a Slack channel yeah, where Slack you, or Discord or some type of online community where so you can shoot your shot. What you guys like where yeah. we can also, like create channels based on city uh, cities and share events that are coming up, whether our own events, which we plan to do in the future, or other singles events. Yeah. And we can have dating advice channels and all this stuff where everyone can get help from each other, too, and yeah. really bond over like being single. And maybe you'll create connections in there. There will be a shoot your shot channel, like Carly said, and there will also be opportunities to connect with us. So that's yeah. what we're working on right now. And another thing is like the TikTok. I know you guys have probably seen, you know, we post people on TikTok and have people comment And it's like, okay, well, you know, we get those TikToks usually go viral. So in our heads, it's like, okay, well, how can we make it so this makes sense for us to be able to monetize while also setting people up? It's like, would you guys be interested in paying a fee to be that person that we are talking about on TikTok? And then you'll be able to literally see all of the people that are interested in you. I don't know. We're working on a couple of different ways to really be able to streamline it a little more, make it make sense for you guys. We can't duplicate ourselves 10,000 times and we don't want to hire people because that defeats the purpose of it being us. So bear with us. We're trying to figure it out and we do want to keep setting people up. And so far it's worked and we're just going to keep guessing and trying. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) It's a learning process. But in the meantime, speaking of other ways to help people, Again, we want to help you guys be the most set upable. So we came up with a few things that we think that people maybe do wrong when they ask to be set up or when they ask their friends like, oh, do you have anyone to set me up? But do you know anyone for me? So a few suggestions from us set up experts, if you will. <laughs> um, and you the will. first one, and this goes for whether you're asking a friend or a family member or a coworker or us mm-hmm. to set you up, you have to put trust in the person that you are going to. You are going to them because you trust them. You trust their judgment. You trust their network. You trust their ability to set you up. So when they come to you and say, oh, I have somebody to set you up with, you can't say, oh, send me a picture and then decide, no, I'm not interested. You have to trust them because they are setting you up based on more than just what somebody looks like. They're setting you up based on everything they know about you and everything they know about that person and their belief that there could be a connection there. If you're asking to be set up and you're just saying no to people because of a picture, then fine. Go back on a dating app. Yeah. But that's not the reason you should be wanting to be set up. You're asking your friend, you're asking us, you're asking whoever to set you up because you trust their opinion. So instead of, you know, 
going off of a picture and being like, well, this person isn't my type or I don't, you know, love the look of this person. Listen, we get it. Attraction is important, but there's a reason we are recommending this person to you or there's a reason your friend is recommending this person to you. So be open-minded and a date isn't going to hurt you. It's like an hour to three hours of your life and you can always gain something from a date. Even if you don't want to see the person again, you can learn something about yourself. You can learn something about them or their job. You can try a new restaurant, a new drink, a new type of food that you haven't had before. There's always something to gain out of a date. So you never are wasting your time. Even if the date doesn't become a second date or a relationship, there's still so much to gain. We're working with someone right now and I, I hope I've told him this straight up. So I don't mind if he listens to this or hears it. That's totally fine. But I've sent so many people that fit his preferences so well and so perfectly and have dug so deep into really knowing these people and knowing him. And I've sent so many people and he's just focusing on what they look like. And every person is a no because they aren't the exact type that they're looking for. When in my mind, I actually think they are. They all, like, they all kind of look similar. No, carbon copies. Yeah, literally. So... It, it's just, it makes our job hard. It's like, I'm re- like we're really going out on a limb here and yeah. we want to make it work, but you got to work with us too. And same with, if you're asking a friend to set you up, like they're going out on a limb for you and they're doing the work for you to find someone for you. Be open-minded, just go on the date yeah, and then give feedback afterwards. It's okay. And we're not saying lower your standards no. or expectations. We're saying there's more to a person than looks. There's so much research done about an emotional connection. And of course, you do need that physical attraction and physical connection too. But you can't just form a relationship based off of a physical connection. You have to focus on the emotional connection and all those things we've talked about, values, morals, goals, and lifestyle. And so there's so much more to it. And more often than not, you could meet somebody in person and develop a connection with them. And then you see pictures of them later and you're like, oh, I actually would not have liked this person on a dating app. Yeah. I was in a full-on relationship with somebody who, after we broke up, when I finally got back on the apps, I saw his picture come up and my jaw dropped. Mm -hmm. And that is how I got over him because I looked at him and I was like, I never in a million years would have swiped right on this guy on an app. It's crazy. We're so used to, in this generation, in this world of dating, basing our opinions off of pictures. But that it didn't used to happen that way. No. We didn't used to do that when we went out. We would get to know people yeah. and we got to get back to that because I think that's a lot of why people are single is they are focusing so much on what's on the dating app and what's being shown in front of them on a screen instead of actually getting to know someone and knowing their background, which is what makes what we're doing so special because we're doing that work. We are literally finding every part of that person out and we know that you would get along with them, all you're doing is saying no because of what? You don't like their hair color? Right. Also, treat others how you want to be treated. You would want someone to give you a chance mm-hmm. based on more than just what you look like or you're, if you don't have blue eyes or you're yeah, hair, like, not brown hair. Like You might change your hair color next week. You know, You have to give people the opportunity to surprise you and to show you who they are because you would hope that if somebody said, hey, set me up with someone and your friend was like, oh, actually, I have Carly. Like, I think you and Carly would be a great match. And you look at Carly and you're like, mm. you would hope that Carly's looking at you and saying like, yeah, you know what? Like, if you think that we'd be a good match, yeah. sure, I'll give it a try. Because guess you. what? You're no one's perfect. And I can promise no, you no. how picky you're being 
people could be looking the same way at you and you would hope that someone would be more open. And looks fade. Looks fade. Sorry. Looks like fade. looks really fade. Looks fade. Anyway. Okay. So that's that's like the main thing. Um, trust. And, uh, yeah. Trust, trust is trust. Being trust. open-minded. Don't go off a picture. Another thing is really rethink your checklist. I know we all have that checklist of what we're looking for, but what is on that checklist? And how many of those things are actual deal breakers? And then how many of those things are things that you could be like, you know what? I could get past that if it was the right person. Yeah. A lot of the things on your checklist have nothing to do with what would make a great partner or a great parent to your future children. It doesn't matter what someone's job title is or how much money they make or how long they lived in a certain place or how tall they are or what their hair color is. That has nothing to do with how they treat you. And I think it's really important for everyone to take a look at their mental checklist or maybe you even have a physical checklist in your notes app on your phone and think about do these things impact how this person would be as a partner? Because your checklist should really be about are they treating me right? Do I feel safe with them? Do I feel excited to see them? Do I feel like I can open up? Am I curious? Are they making me a better person? Like there are so many values align that matter so much more. Mm -hmm. I agree. All right. Another thing is The more information you can provide, the better. So whether it's filling out our form, I think the biggest struggle we've had with matching people is they didn't write much. And if you don't write much, we really can't. We don't know much about you. We don't know much about you. Yeah. We will skip over people when they don't give us information because we're going to the people where we can really figure out who they are. We have a question that says, what do your friends say about you? We encouraged people, go, go ask, ask your, your friends. friends. And then copy and paste their answer. Yeah. And the people who did that, they're getting set up. Yeah, <laughs> they are. So just give more information. Yeah. That's that's and that. yeah. if you're asking a friend or anyone in your world to set you up, it helps so much if you can actually just send them a blurb <laughs> about you and a picture yeah. for them to send around so that they have it on hand and they can easily, if they meet someone or maybe they meet someone, they're talking to a a mutual friend of theirs and it comes up of like, they know somebody who's single and you're like, Oh yeah, I actually have the perfect person for them. Like, here's what you can send to your friend rather than this like broken telephone of like, Oh, I have a friend. My friend has a friend who like is from like they don't know anything. So the more information you can just provide and hand people on a silver platter, it's not embarrassing. Everyone also wants to help you find love. Yeah. So help them help you. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I think that's. All right. Would you rather? Yeah. Would you rather? rather? Okay. Would you rather travel the world for free for a year Mm -hmm. or have $50,000 to spend however you please? Travel the world? Anywhere in the world for free for an entire year? $50,000 wouldn't even cover that. Where would you go first? Um... Travel the world? I don't know. I really would love to try Australia. Mm, Me too. Yeah. My cousin is on his honeymoon right now in Antarctica. Mm, That's cool. Really cool. I told him to bring me home a penguin. Yeah, that'd be great. What should you name it? Customs would be okay with that. But, um, ooh. Like, like floppy because they flop their feet. I like the name floppy. I had fun fact about me. I had a huge penguin obsession in about fourth grade. Like, I had penguin bedding and sheets. Weird. And like penguin stuffed animals everywhere. So that's why you were really, really cool. Yeah. In (laughs) school. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Makes sense. Penguins and Jonas Brothers. Yes. Okay. Would you rather have to speak in rhyme for the rest of your life or speak in riddles for the rest of your life? 
Oh, that's tough. So here's my question. <laughs> question. Of course, there's a question. What's your question? Does someone tell me the riddles or do I have to make them up on my own? Because I can't make up riddles. I feel like they would come naturally. Oh, okay. So it would just like be the annoyance. What's more annoying, speaking in rhyme or speaking in riddles? I think that speaking in rhyme could be a really fun time. You stole exactly what I was about to do. Really? Yes. Look at us. <laughs> I think speaking in rhyme would be annoying, but it would be less complicated for other people to understand what you're trying to say. Imagine if you were speaking in riddles all the time to me. I would have to like pause yeah, like and figure out the so riddle. much brain power to understand what you were trying yeah, to say. Yeah, that's just too much. It's too much. Yeah. That sounds so frustrating versus just annoying. Should we try for one of our podcasts to no. speak in rhyme? No, I'd like to keep the listeners that we already have. That's fair. All 10 of you. I don't even know. Like, I can't even think about a, a riddle. Neither. And I don't, there's a Literally could be a riddle. Okay. Okay. Would you rather have a million dollars or a million laughs? Um, right this second. <laughs> yeah, why is this hard? I mean, right this second while I'm currently not making a lot at the moment, maybe a million dollars because I'm stressed yeah. and I'll laugh next month. <laughs> is that wrong of me to say? <laughs> no, I feel the same and I hate it. I, I'm sorry. Like, I can laugh next year or next month. Next life. Next life. Like, I'm sure I'll still laugh. Do I need a million laughs? Can I have like 700,000 laughs? Like, I'll be okay with that. And 300,000, $700,000 and 300,000 laughs? No, no, no. 700,000 laughs I could still, and $300,000? This is just saying, would you rather have a million dollars or a million laughs? Like, I don't need a million laughs. I can take. <laughs> 900,099 laughs but still take the million dollars you know I don't think you gotta I think you only get a million and you gotta decide so I get no laughs <laughs> if you're taking a million dollars I don't think you get laughs ever in my lifetime I can never laugh again <laughs> I don't know this is this is know. this is we still have to we, we really got to build out our uh, would you we rather have to build out our scenario. own game and every scenario is going to have here are all, all the of the yeah here are all the caveats that we mean yeah all right well, to be continued. What would you guys like read that as? You read that as a million dollars for like a month and a million laughs for a month, or like if you take the million dollars, you can never laugh ever again. But is it the actual <laughs> act of laughter? Like, like will I still feel like joy and just not be able to express it? I don't know, but I feel like my laugh was just so annoying. That was really weird. I was just trying to like laugh out loud. <laughs> okay, Carly can take a million dollars so that she doesn't have to laugh. Yes, yeah, I'm fine with that. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, well this was a fun episode. I that was uh, with our little delinquent over here. Yeah, that was a lot for me. So if you stuck through that, thank you. If you are my high school old friends and you're listening to this, I hope you guys don't shoplift anymore. <laughs> I want to know what the best thing they ever shoplifted was. Same. If they, or if they ever them? ended up getting caught. Yeah. Um. Anyway. Yeah. So you guys know where to find us at It's Life. In I did so well last time. <laughs> where can we find us? Where can we find us? At It's Life in Progress on Instagram and TikTok. Rate us. Review us. Email us. Carlyandalana at gmail.com. And we will see you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.